Hi, my name is Santito. This is Crypto Kid Podcast. I'm going to be talking to you guys about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency. Welcome to Crypto Kid Podcast. Today I have a special guest, Josh from Yellowheart. He's been in Rolling Stone. And welcome, Josh. Thank you for coming on the show. And why don't you tell us how you got an NFT in the crypto space? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Um, big fan. And, uh, you know, it really started back in 15, 16, introduction to Bitcoin, Ethereum, and understanding the power of what a smart contract could do instantly swept me in on an interest level. I had been involved doing music. You know, I had a, a business that was doing subscription music service for businesses and had thought about just how this wonderful technology could apply to various aspects of the entertainment business. And it really became a fascination of mine. Awesome. Amazing. So is that around the time when you released your first crypto, um, I mean, your NFT and album? No, it was years later because I went on a, um, you know, really on a crusade to build a NFT platform to service up musicians, you know, to basically mint and sell their own assets or their own, really not their own assets, but their own music, their own tickets, their own, build their own communities, manage their own communities, you know, do all the wonderful things that, uh, you know, Web3 technology could afford, you know, as it, as it started to be developed infrastructure wise. Okay. Okay. Now I understand you're working with some big name artists. Can you share some and, and how you collaborated with them? Um, yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we've done stuff with great, great artists like the great XXX Tentacion, Maroon 5, Jerry Garcia, Brandy Carlisle, um, and then other, you know, just so many G Love, Disco Biscuits, uh, you know, just a potpourri of fantastic you know talent and artist and artistry you met xx tessian um we did an nft mint of x is uh you know various x assets photos um videos of him live other things yeah so we had an entire x drop in may of 21 that's um that's awesome i'm a, I'm a huge fan by the way yeah those nfts by the way are insane because it was a, a free mint for 30 for a week. It was a different piece every 24 hours, either a video or art. And the art corresponds to the tracks off of his early SoundCloud releases. So this was a, a pretty early drop and in you know perspective of music and NFTs. And people that were real fans of X, of course, followed it. Um, the family wanted to give back through the technology, so they offered up this stuff for free, a, a piece a day. If you look back on it, you know, a yellow heart and uh, pretty awesome stuff. It's it's one that I think went a little below the radar, but it was one of the coolest early music drops. Wow, wow, I'm I'm at all right now. So how does yellow car? How does yellow heart take away the biggest problem with traditional tickets today? So, you know, I don't want to call anything a problem. I want to just say that what we're trying to do is just evolve. 
and you know matriculate a technology something that you know if you look at ticketing historically it's been you know a fairly boring sector nascent you know it's a receipt here's like you know a barcode to walk in a door you know and thank you and you know that's it where the reality though is that these are fans when they have the most retention when they're at a point of you know being into something it's their team their concert they're seeing their experience and you know fandom is something that we all want to have in life you know we go out to see live music and sports and uh, tie it back to like how we like follow our teams and all of that and you want it kind of all in one spot and the ability to really use your connection to fandom to reward you as a fan and you know give you a direct relationship with the artist and give the artist a direct relationship with you so all right what can help fans ensure that they won't pay insanely high prices or miss out on the next event? Well, that's not at this point anything to do with us, you know. I mean, high prices for tickets, you mean? Well, like um how would I say like with the with the gas fees. Does that make sense the gas fees and ecosystem? and things that are going on? Oh, sure. Well, you know, we're, we're gasless. We're on the Polygon network, at, you know, for tickets right now. And as a company, we just cover gas. Okay. Okay. So you have pretty good scalability going on there. We do. Yeah. All right. How does your tickets ensure to get our, how do you, t how do you ticket insurers get a cut of, secondary sales so the way that the blockchain works is you deploy something called a smart contract mm -hmm. and in that smart contract you could program rules that say if a ticket sells for a 100 and and someone resells it for 200 give me 50 percent of that lift and send 50 to this wallet address. And you could pre-deploy the contracts that way. Uh, so that's how that really works, where you could disincentivize scalping or you could participate in any upside if you misprice the, the product, you know, and there's higher demand that you want instead of a third party getting the upside, all of the stakeholders who are pre-programmed could share in that upside. So it opens up a whole new realm of possibilities around that, which is very, very exciting. Uh, the only, you know, thing that has to be discussed around that is also in what's called enforcement. Mm -hmm. So when you have royalties that need to come back to stakeholders, the contracts have to just be agreed by the people selling. So it's programmed into their marketplace that, okay, if that, get sold again in my secondary marketplace, I agree to whatever that contract says and I'll send it back. So there's enforceability. And so it's all developing right now, which is pretty awesome as an ecosystem. Are people going to be able to um, sell their tickets if they don't, if they don't want it anymore or if they're not able to attend the event? Well, the goal will be for that to be up to the seller to decide all of the rules on how those tickets could trade. And have it clear to the fan buying it that, hey, ticket you're buying is either non-resellable or resellable to only another fan. 
or resellable for as much as we could get for market. But like, you know, X percentage is going back to the artists as part of their, you know, participation in their ticket, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. How are um, NFTs going to bring real world value? Well, it's just a new, it's a new class of, of a collectible item. You know, there, there's utility NFT, which will power things like tickets, power things like uh, legal contracts and records and all types of other things where they'll live as programmable files. But then there's also, um, you know, so many just different applications that are going to start to, you know, move this direction. Now, you're, the NFT tickets, you're working with the Metaverse on this and able to attend concerts through the Metaverse. Are you con are you a little bit concerned about like how it's going to affect the human psyche and them get lose in touch with reality? Well, you know, I think once again, just the technology creating another area. You know, um, you know, as a people, we evolve. You and I are in the Metaverse right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I see, you know, the younger culture of kids who are living and, and they're socializing in Fortnite, in Roblox. So they're already in the metaverse, so to speak, on their downtime. It's not like, you know, your parents' generation where they were like watching the television show and what's on cable TV. Now people are just like, you know, up to their own TikTok scrolling. So it's a whole different, you know, thing right now. So, yeah, it's very addicting. It's very addicting, for sure. I I could be on TikTok. I I had to watch myself when I get on TikTok and just like scrolls. So, I mean, you know, like you know, your parents had like a hundred channels. You have like, <laughs> <laughs> so think about it. You know, that's right. That's right. Now. Do you think but NFT, the, go ahead. Caveat, I'm sorry, but just to kind of caveat it, mm -hmm. like, of course, live music, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah, you can't replace that. You know, the feeling you get, the whole experience, the best ever. I agree, I agree. Now, do you think this type of technology should be regulated? Um, You know, of course, yeah. You need, you need real regulation around it. Um, you need regulation that, you know, really addresses all the financial aspects of it and the legal aspects of it. And for a technology to evolve, there needs to be regulation in place. Just the way the realities of the way the world works today um, and the structure for making things be have the scalability is that you need it to work, you know, with existing infrastructure and just you know, I don't think digital currency could just overtake fiat currency. I think there needs to be integration. Okay. That comes from regulation. So, I mean, listen, you know, of course, at heart, you know, you know, people I know are purists to, you know, to the, to that world of decentralization and all of that, but the blockchain's traceable and the technology's evolving now and, you know, it's getting mainstream adoption so quickly and, the realities of that are, you know, bridging it to existing, you know, you know, businesses. Do you think the bear market kind of affected the the way the technology is going? Like people seem kind of turned off by how volatile it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, um, I have to say that, you know, recent events have not helped the industry's image. Um, so um, we'll see what happens from all of that. You know, it's just a play-by-play -play thing, but it's, um, yeah, it hasn't helped. Okay, okay. Now, what's your target audience? So we're just trying to work with great artists and great venues uh you know teams to just you know deliver a really great customer experience so that's really our demographic or people that want to you know move things their fan base digital and be able to have you know that symbiotic relationship all right what's the next big narrative you're looking forward to in the future of nfts um um, you know, utility right now is what it's all about. And that just means, you know, having a file that when you program it, it actually does something. It's not just like a JPEG where people had been like, that's what NFTs became for the last year, year and a half was JPEGs. And a lot of great artists were born out of that movement for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of non-great art was consumed. But um, overall, you know, positive, but, you know, became the image. So that needs to change now to the fact that this technology could really help every, you know, you know, database driven um, and financial institutions and so many sectors to really enhance. But it needs to, in often cases, I'm, I'm seeing be tied back to Web2 a lot just to kind of create a bridge. Mm -hmm. Now the locality, are you guys just based in the United States? Or are you are you venturing out to other places like Singapore or South Korea, for example? Yep. Yep. So yes, you, we do have someone in Singapore who works for us, someone in uh in in Lisbon. So um, but we're we're trying to, you know, really have our product be worldwide, of course. I, I believe you can. And yeah, I, I hope it does happen. <laughs> If subs, if, oh, okay. So what are the pros and cons of having NFT tickets? I mean, the pros range from, you know, counter fraud, um, you know, bad actors, uh, transparency, a lot of, um, you know, entertainment value within tickets, uh, you know, pretty, pretty broad range of pros. Um, you know, the ability to share in secondary market revenue, um, you know, ongoing engagement with the ticket holder, entertainment for the ticket holder, all types of pros. Um, cons are um, at this time really transparency into like who's buying and selling. So if there were people who were involved in the event who image-wise didn't want to be known that they were the ones selling on other marketplaces than what people perceive as primary, uh, that something like that could come out and be exposed because you'll have the transparency of who's buying and selling. True supply and demand will happen, you know, where you just really, really have like true supply and demand across the entire ticket marketplace. Where right now it's pretty fragmented, you know, where like a ticket could be sold for on multiple secondaries or listed, you know, in tiered pricing, just to like that person knowing that they'll just take the lowest one. So it's uh it's interesting to see how this will get adopted and potentially just shift that. 
What is the toughest thing that you and your team has faced and how have you encouraged them to keep pushing on and not, not get disencouraged? You know, it's been um, oftentimes where we'll spend a lot of time with a brand, a team, uh, you know, an artist go through, you know, you know, a lot of zooms, get into projects, go deep on them and you know the project actually not fully materializing and it could often be because of you know the, the changing market that's been shifting so rapidly all over the place but suddenly you know the different times last year the overall market was so bullish that like everyone's trying to like get something in nft made and you know we put tlc into our projects and our partnerships so like mm -hmm. we want them to really be done properly you know uh so that's been an interesting challenge you know is getting people to kind of move along quicker into the space all right so as we come to a close is there anything you want to share to um my fans or anybody that's listening any big news that's about to drop events about to happen that they should be well, looking out for yeah i'll just yeah i'll just i'll just think that like you know you know, really last year kind of memorialized that um, Miami during the week of Miami Art Week, where you have Art Basel, you have Scope, you have Art Miami, you have all of that suddenly exploded with NFTs, which was awesome because out of the whole NFT movement, there's also been like, you know, so many incredible artists like, like Felocious and, you know, of, of course, people and others who have, you know, blossomed out of the, uh, that, that movement. And now that art is mixed in with like, you know, traditional, like, you know, physical art and in some cases matched and other stuff. So we're doing ticketing for scope, you know, during Miami art week and also for Decentral. So it's almost like, you know, funny how there's like an NFT conference kind of suddenly mixed in with like the art world. And it's actually a, a pretty awesome match of people to sit, you know i'll be there for decentral i i hope to see you there and yeah, um if you you have any links for me to put down in the description i'll be more than happy to and we'll get okay. people linked up awesome awesome this is great well thank you so much all right man i wish you the best with your endeavors have a good day bye see you Did you know that podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand voice? Here's a secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. What a better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast. Kidcaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connection through podcast appearances. If you are an expert in your field, have a unique story to share, or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. You can expect a completely customized service from our staff of ex communication experts Kidcaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. 
Your audience is waiting to hear from you. Go to kitcaster.com slash crypto kid to apply your special offer for friends of this podcast. The link will also be in the description down below. And happy podcasting.